Welcome to the Creative Sober Podcast, where you will hear personal stories from sober creatives on what inspires their creative process and what works for them to stay sober. I'm your host and sober creative, Missing May. I find myself growing from these conversations as I deepen my own roots in recovery. I hope they help you too. First off, I would like to thank you, the listener of this podcast. It means a lot to me to hear your feedback and that you're sharing these stories of courage and recovery with others who may benefit from it. Being behind the mic may not be the most comfortable place for me, but I felt it was a need that could help others, whether it's listening or sharing. Our stories are truly making a difference. I'm excited to share the next episodes with you from our series called Sober Women of Rock. Our special guests have been gracious to share their journey of sobriety and their careers in music. And this next episode is the first of three, where I speak with Grace Askew, a Memphis native now residing in New Mexico with an incredible talent for songwriting and singing. She continues creating songs we love, but also has almost three years of sobriety under her belt. She shares some of her story and her newfound inspiration to pull from. Also be sure to stay until the end of the episode for her recent song, No Rock Bottoms. Grace Askew. So today we have Grace Askew from New Mexico. She's a powerful musician that I found through our Instagram community and and talk a little bit about uh, her life and her backstory uh, through sobriety as well as a creative uh, in music. Welcome to the show, Grace. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm, I'm actually a sixth generation Memphian and I just moved to New Mexico right after COVID hit with my husband. So, um, but I do feel like I am from here. <laughs> it just feels, it feels like home in New Mexico. So and there was a soul connection to the place. Definitely. That's super Thank inspiring you. that you were able to follow your heart and where the spirit drew you. Um, I can imagine what it's doing for you creatively. And it's always been a special place, like just the grandeur, you know, the grandeur of the mountains around me is just, it helps. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. What I like to do is just start into uh, with you introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your backstory creatively. Okay. Um, I'm Grace Askew and uh, born and raised in the South. Um, Memphis is... I've called home for a long, long time. And um, I always treated music as a best friend and it always has been. And words and reading came before anything really. So um, naturally when I picked up guitar at 13, I'm 34 now, so you do the math. I've <laughs> been playing guitar for a long time. Um, when I picked up guitar, just all those passions of writing and words and music kind of perfectly locked in. And I kind of found myself at 13, not all the way, of course, 13, nobody finds themselves at 13, (laughs) Um, but music along all, you know, my, a lot of my life has, um, has helped me just cope with life. And I don't know what I do without it. Really. There's nothing else I'm really good at, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) 
Awesome. So um, can you t- can you take us a little bit of, um, you know, what your career has looked like, um, you know, since yeah. you started songwriting and performing? Yeah, um, when I started performing, I dropped out of college uh, when I was 19 and then moved back to Memphis and I started just playing the dive bars in Memphis and for tips and beer, basically. Then I started kind of booking little solo tours and playing a lot of full band slots and, um, you know, entering songwriting, con- winning songwriting contests. And then um, I was in The Voice in 2013, season four. With t- I went to Team Blake Shelton and got to the final 32 on that season. And um, I've cut about, so let's see, seven albums now. And I'm about to drop my eighth. I think that's right here in February of 2021. Lots of singles in between. and. Um, I guess that covers everything. I feel like there's so much I get overwhelmed with what to talk about, but I think that's kind of the gist of it. What keeps you inspired, Grace? I mean, it, it um, sounds like this is your definitely your calling, but what keeps yes. you going? Right. I love that word. Calling is a perfect word because there was something that from a young age that I felt like I didn't have a choice. Like this was going to be mm. what I was going to do and there's no other way around it. Um, it was never a career, you know, like, I think I'll try out music, you know, it's like, no, this is, I don't, there's no question here. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, but what keeps me inspired, I guess, is just that very calling that we're talking about. It's just this, this higher power that I feel in my life constantly. Um, especially now that I'm sober, I feel a lot more, um, that just keeps me, keeps me coming back to who I am and what I truly need for my sanity and that that's music. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And it, it sounds like you have, um, you know, so far, you know, maybe 20 plus years of rich history in creating mm-hmm. through your music and following mm-hmm. your calling. Definitely. And you, you mentioned, you know, being sober, you know, when, when is your sober date? Uh, it would be, so January 1st of 2018, I got sober. So it'll be three years this coming January. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was tough uh, in the beginning. And then it just, it just was something I'd already, I knew I was going to do it eventually. And um, I like to tell a story of like at New Year's Eve, 2017, I was just not getting excited at all about the year coming up. I was sitting there mm. drinking a cocktail at a lame, I mean, you know, it was an okay party. And I was like, what am I doing? Like spinning my wheels. I'm not I'm not focused. There's no, there's no plan. And I've been doing this for a long, I've been living that way for a long time. And there was no typical rock bottom with me. The only rock bottom I can probably say I had in my life that really wanted me, wanted me to make a shift was a really horrible relationship. And I think a lot of people who have alcohol problems also enter into destructive relationships that maybe to me, it seems to go hand in hand. Maybe that's just what artists do. <laughs> they tend to attract a fellow self-destructive artists. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, maybe, I, maybe I'm preaching to, to the choir. I don't know. But um, so that, so in 2017, New Year's Eve, I was like, I need to do something to change my life. And so I decided to not only get sober, but write a song every single day for a year straight to like get my shit together, basically. Like I, I just wanted to do something for myself that was, huge and and life-changing that I'd never done before to like to 
feel excited again about this, this gift, you know, the gift I hadn't felt excited about in a long time. It was just kind of like going through the motions of being a musician. Um, if that makes any kind of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And a little bit about my backstory. Um, I had to put music down a couple of times and this is my second time in recovery. Good for you. And, uh, thank you. Thank you. It's been, it's been a working process. Um, uh, I, the reasons why I felt I had to put music down the first time is because I was at that point where I was falling out of love mm. uh, of, of music. Yeah. And mm. it, it felt like I, I was blaming it for yep. creating this jail for myself, this addiction yes. or what, whatever, all the things that I caused myself, I was blaming the music and the industry and the people I chose to bring into my life. And, you know, it sounds like you use, you were able to spin that and use your music as a healing process Mm -hmm. to peel those layers. So that's, that's super inspiring that you did. Well, I know exactly the sentiment that you're feeling is like that resentment is horrible. (laughs) You're just so angry at the thing that you should be the most grateful for, you know, Uh It's insane that alcohol makes you believe that or whatever your yeah. vice happened to be. I don't know what your yours was, but um, yeah, it was yeah. everything under the sun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're looking great. So. Oh, thank you. You're thank glowing you. and healthy. So thank you. <laughs> um, looking like you're doing a good job, but I, yeah, I just, that was definitely the biggest red flag was that point where you're like, I'm resenting something Mm -hmm. that I should be having the the most fun with and enjoying the most. So when I stopped drinking, it was like all that rawness and those feelings that alcohol could kind of um, put out for a limited time. Um, It -hmm. just, the music kind of came in and took care of it for me. It became the healer for sure. And all that excess energy um, I'm an ENFP, so I have a lot of excess energy in the first place. So I need to like be doing something constantly and writing a song every day certainly helped for sure. That's awesome. You named that uh, Meyer Briggs personality. Yes. I, yeah. I'm, I'm in a INFJ. So that's, are you that's just a fun chat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fascinated by learning all that stuff. I really do think it helps to function, function in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a good reference. I mean, all of it, you, I feel like you, you do create what your outcome is for your life, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's a good reference there. You know, since we're, we're talking about music and sobriety, the, the conversation around the community is when I create, I don't know if I can create without drinking or using, you know, that's, that's, right. that's a big thing. Like all my creativity is going to go away. What's your experience behind that? Yeah, and I definitely, I know that feeling. Like, it's scary to quit your your things that you lean on, that you think made mm-hmm. you a valid artist, but that couldn't be more wrong. It is so wrong to think that way because artists are given something that they need to nurture. And I know that there's a big rock and roll, like, glamour to having the vices and being an artist and the, the classic cliche character being this tormented soul it's Certainly, huge, yeah. it, you lean on the, the drugs and the booze and the cigarettes and the life, the you know, dysfunctional life, like it all is one package and it has been told to us for, you know, so long. 
Um, but the day I rejected it and I chose to just be healthy and take care of myself for a change, um, the darkness was still there because artists, I feel like are born naturally a little more tormented than most people. (laughs) And so no matter vices or not, you're going to have that artist's soul within you, you know, but when you put down the addictions, it's still there. Mm-hmm. And that's the gift, you know, it's like, it's all of a sudden able to breathe and show itself in your work and not be kind of stifled down. Granted, I've written a lot of songs hungover <laughs> and I thought they were great, you know, they were great, but like, are they the best you could possibly write? Uh, that's the question. Yeah. That's the question. So that's just my, that's my, that's where I'm at right now. Cause being sober and also now I'm a mom of an eight month old. So there are a lot of things that are empowering me in my life and I'm married. So the, the usual things that I leaned on back then as a tortured artist persona, I don't have. So what do I have to lean on now to make me feel empowered? That's the craft is just like getting honed in on the craft and it's easier said than done for sure. It's not easy to get disciplined with writing every day, um, but it just, it helps settle down those, those like darker thoughts that can kind of start to, to seep in if I don't write. Mm-hmm. If I don't write, my mind's going to find something to do with itself and sure, yeah. self-destructive thoughts and behavior. It's just like a snowball effect. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned um, earlier in our conversation that you kind of always knew, you knew that this, you know, lifestyle or drinking, um, this this vice, you were going to eventually give up. Where do you, where do you think that came from? Why why were you already knowing that prior to? Yeah, I, cause I knew inside I was envying people who didn't drink. I saw people Um, around me that were taking care of themselves that were contented like I'd be going on the road and, you know, on the way to a gig and looking in at these homes at night glowing and, and you could see families inside and I'd be like, man, that, that looks nice. You know what I mean? They're like, there's not this dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of envy, I envied that contentedness so much and I wanted it for myself. And I also grew up with a father who's he's sober and he's instilled a lot of the program kind of spirituality in my life. And, um, I really admire that for sure. Really look up to my dad and he's taught me, you know, we all get off at different levels of the elevator and you don't have to have a rock bottom to get sober. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, this conversation is starting to be more open and more transparent with, you know, sober or sober curious in the community that you don't necessarily need to have that rock bottom. Like I I heard, I heard somewhere that rock bottom is basically when you stop digging. Mm. That's, that's, that's the rock bottom. You don't have to lose a job or go to jail or, you know, lose everything. It's when you decide to do that pivot and, you know, believe that you're worth it in, in pursuing this life of sobriety. So I appreciate yeah. you doing this and congratulations on yeah, being, you. being a mom. Thank you. That's, that's a really big deal. That's Ooh, life-changing. Yeah, it's a big deal. It was like bam, 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 bam. You know, one thing after another in my life, but all, all good things is what I'm saying. Yeah. But it was, um, yeah, I just, uh, 
I, I still look back and I'm at the way I was living before all these things happened. I'm just like, how did I survive? You know, like it's insanity. I guess that's what the gift of your, your liver in your early twenties is amazing. Resilient. I mean, but you know, as well as I do that a lot of the musician's life is like you're bonding over alcohol or you're worse. You're networking for business contacts to further your career over alcohol. Absolutely. And so it's so much, mm-hmm. it's like steeped in the culture of like furthering your career, even sadly enough. Yeah. It's a, it's a common place. How do you balance being a mom and a musician? I, whew, it's been tough. Um, Is it, I mean, like, cause I, for music, for me, it feels like a, a like a whole person. Like that's a relationship. It is. Yeah, yes. it's a <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, my husband works from home um, because of COVID now. And it's mm-hmm. actually, he, the day my son was born, we went into the national quarantine. So it was kind of the perfect time to have a kid. Wow. And, it took us about six months to kind of five months maybe to adjust to just being parents for the first time. And then once that happened, we've just, we've, I've got my home studio here and we just take turns watching him. And I do my work at night or first thing in the morning at 5am, I'll get up before he wakes up. And that's my sacred time to write and to record and just do my music stuff. So it, it, it actually makes me less gluttonous with my free time it makes does that make sense it makes me free time way more it's such a luxury now so I really honor it more and I'm more like focused on my work when he's like napping or something (laughs) yeah yeah it's managing the time that you do have yeah Yeah. making them and making the most of it for sure yeah um I mean speaking of which you just you dropped a single Mm -hmm. um no rock bottoms I've listened to it over and over. And I think I told you, there's there's just magic in it. And um, there's almost like a a haunting undertone to it too, that it it just, it sticks in your head. It kind of looks in your head. (laughs) Thank Um, you. (laughs) What inspired you to put a track out like that? Yeah. I mean, that song was written year over a year ago at a songwriting retreat with two other girls. But for me, it became about my sporadi. Obviously it wasn't, about that for them. But uh, now it would just, I'd been sitting on that song and I I loved it so much and I'd never been so open. And I, with my sobriety, I always wanted to be. And um, that was just the perfect message for it. And I thought, well, it's, you know, 2020 has been kind of a shit show in the first place. (laughs) People kind of need a positive message, you know? So No Rock Bottoms is kind of a universal message as well, just for people, you know, trying to lift themselves up and move on so I thought now is a good time yeah I mean just because of everything that's been going on in 2020 I mean alcohol and drug use is up um, more than ever yeah yeah I mean (sighs) it's up more than ever and I, I spoke to even someone in the UK the other day and they were saying that alcohol is up as well and you know that contributes to even you know, domestic violence and like oh, the totally. things that get attached to, you know, the alcohol. So all of that's up because of this current year and more messages like this and stories and songs like you, you or, you know, definitely, you know, that that's a positive that we do Thank all you. need. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a good, a good reminder or even 
just having someone who is feeling like they need help and then also help someone feel like they're not alone. That's what I, I can only hope that helps. It helps in that way because I, I have felt super lonely in my sobriety for a lot, a large part of it. Honestly, um, we lived in Nashville about right after I got sober. Um, and a lot of Nashville's culture is going out to the bars and drinking, you know, I wanted to try to further my career and network, but I, I just didn't want to do it through the bars. So I, I think I did hinder myself, you know, in the sense that I couldn't, I couldn't like get to know more artists in the, in the new town I moved in. So it's just like, that was really hard to handle for sure. That's and it's, it's like you said, it's lonely. What kind of projects do you have on deck right now? What, what's exciting you? Uh, I'm dropping Red Dirt Christmas um, on the day after Thanksgiving, so Black Friday. Um, that's really exciting. It's another Park Chisholm production. It's the same guy that produced No Rock Bottoms. Um, I'm just like loving working with him. He just gets my sound. And then we're going to drop the whole full EP drops February. So um, and so we've got three more singles to drop and just a lot of, a lot of new music. And I know that's amazing. So I'm trying to stay productive. <laughs> <Try my best. laughs> you're doing a great job. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, likewise, you're still getting, you know, getting to do your podcast. So that's great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I feel like everything happens for a reason and yeah, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm glad I got the download to do something like this. And, um, it's in a way, um, you know, opening up the doors of people reaching out, you know, asking questions and asking for help. And, you know, I like, I like to use the podcast as stories where others are, you know, sharing what works for them and what, mm. what's some advice making the transition from, you know, into sobriety or someone who is considering being sober. Yeah. Um, what's something that, you would share with someone who is asking those hard questions about their life? Mm. I would say you're not alone because the loneliness is the hardest part mm. because no one wants to feel like they're going through a hard time alone. And um, you don't need the alcohol to validate yourself. That's, that's the hardest thing too, for, or it was for me. It's like, Am I a valid artist if I don't have these these vices to lean on for my craft? But you, the alcohol is not. It's it was never what validated you. You know. Where can we um, find you? Where can we hear your music or reach out to you? Spotify, I guess, is the best one, and then Instagram. I'm obviously super active. So, uh, which is just Grace Askew, my name. Awesome. Um, I have one more question. Um, we are going into the holidays as much as we can. Some little social gatherings are going into social settings yeah. where, you know, celebration is there and alcohol is there. You know, what's, what's something that as a, as a tool that you could offer someone going into those social environments? Just say be polite. You know, people, a lot of people don't understand that you're full on like sober um, and I don't, I particularly don't ever say like, no, thanks. I'm sober. Like, I just say, no, thank you. You know, and then they move on and most people don't care. They really don't. And if they keep coming back and like offering you a drink, which I've had that situation before, um, eventually you kind of have to be like, no, like I don't drink, you know, and you'd have to not give a 
you know, I have to not care what they think, you know, <laughs> that's basically all it takes is like, sorry, man, like go find someone else to drink with. It's not going to be me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that, that is one's very true. Here. Do I? Yeah. That, that, that's very true. Like, um, it's one of those things where people um, will ask you why. Right. <laughs> why? Why? What? Why? 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 That sounds what? terrible. <laughs> just one. Just one. I'm like, uh, <laughs> no. yeah. It's not going to be just one. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's right. Is that what you say? <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, it's um, it's having visual cues. Um, mm-hmm. And so, if I'll have a drink or just a cup of something. Yeah. If someone wants to buy me something, then I'll be like, no, I, I need my head in the game. And usually it's before I go and, and, and have a set, you know, here, have a shot with me. And, right. You know, yeah. Yep. If I'm going to a social gathering where I know alcohol is going to be present, um, there's so many um, non-alcoholic, you know, choices now. So yeah. I'll, I'll still bring something out of courtesy and, and say, hey, this is what I'm drinking. Did you do you want to try? Right, yeah, that's a good idea. I should try that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, include them in my in my sober party. So that's right. That's, that's that. genius. I love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some there's some great um, tasting non alcoholic alternatives. So yeah, absolutely. Wow, awesome. to try that. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time and. Of course. Uh, this opportunity to meet with you and you know I we look forward to hearing more of your music your story and thank you so much for your time oh, of course thank you this has been fun it was an absolute honor to speak with grace and learn about her journey her choice to be sober and her new chapter in life as a mom You can find Grace's music on Spotify and follow her on Instagram at Grace Askew. In less than a minute, you'll hear her recent single, No Rock Bottoms, that has found a permanent place on my playlist. If you liked what you heard, please rate, subscribe, and leave us a review where you are listening to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram at The Creative Sober. Thank you for listening to The Creative Sober Podcast. I am your host, Missing May. Until next time, stay healthy, stay creative. Swallow me up, you see I got a history, ain't nothing